hallelujah, join with a prayer partner. Let's have prayer together. Come on, in Jesus' name, lift up your voices to the Lord together. Righteous God, we bind ourselves together here today. Oh, we believe you in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Stretch forth your hand in this very service today and let every heart be touched, fed, blessed, every need met. We believe you today. We ask you in faith, O God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, we call upon you, righteous God. Amen. Everybody give him a hand clap together. Oh, yes, God. I thank you for the victory today. I thank you for the victory today. Well, it's just a great day to be in his house. A brand new year, our third Sunday of the year. We want to make this sun, this year our very best for his glory. Could I get an amen? amen. Praise God. And it's good to see everyone here today that's come to worship and praise the Lord. God bless you for being in his house. All the visitors that are here, Lord bless you for coming today to worship the Lord. Amen. Glad for you to be in this service. Always good to, of course, have Brother and Sister Burr back home here with us. And um, the service today, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Madeline, good to have them here today, Dale and Peggy. Uh, met them and uh, said they'd come, and we're delighted they're here today to worship the Lord. Uh, Sister Madeline, always good to see you in the house of the Lord. And... Uh, Everybody that's come to lift up the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. What a noble thing to do, to lift up the name of Jesus. You know, the world's talking about a Super Bowl. Uh, I'm going to tell you what, we found something better than the Super Bowl or any other bowl. Amen. We found this wonderful salvation. Amen. But Thank God for Bible salvation today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, this coming Tuesday evening at 7.30, we're going to start uh, the Bible study. Six classes, uh, six Tuesday nights. If it's where you can, just make an uh, appointment to join with us right here in the auditorium at 7.30. And then the Bible college will begin on that same this coming Tuesday. So you that are involved, be a part. I think they have a meeting set up for Monday and then uh, as well, and then it actually begins on Tuesday. So don't forget about that. Spanish service this evening at 2 o'clock. Thank God for Brother Sister Ramirez and the Edwards that work so hard in the Spanish and Sister Angie and all of them that have been so involved in that. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want you to ask the Lord to help us, and we want to pray again for a brother Lucas that God will touch him. Amen. He's in the hospital, and we just ask for special prayer today. Hallelujah. Would you do that now and ask the Lord to take us and use us for his glory, use his word today. Come on, pray with me. Lord, in Jesus' name, reach over in that hospital room today and let him feel the hand of help and deliverance, God. You're the great physician and we know it. Lord, we believe in you to reach your long arm down here today and touch in this service, God, that every person that has come here will walk away from here with something in their heart something that you have given them from your word. Make your word alive to every person in this building today, God. Oh, you see our feebleness and our helplessness. Use it for your glory. And let the church say amen. amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Turn your Bibles today to Proverbs, the 16th chapter, and the 18th and 19th verses. Proverbs 18 and 19. Hallelujah. You that love to study the word of the Lord, it's still not too late for you to get involved. You can check with them this even this evening. Special classes, I think one of them is going to be in uh, the book of Proverbs. They're going to go through the book of Proverbs. So you will be blessed. Your life will be enriched. Amen. You that are leading choirs, we would certainly 
encourage you to be an, a part of it. By all means, do your best to take advantage of this good opportunity here on Tuesday in the Bible College. Thank God for it. Proverbs, the 16th chapter, the 18th verse. I want to talk to you today how that pride and religion as well stands in the way of man finding God. Man's pride and his religion will keep him from finding God. The Bible said that pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better it is to be of a humble spirit and with the lowly than to divide the spoil of the proud. Let me give you two other verses of scripture today. Amen. James, the fourth chapter, turn to James 4 and the sixth verse. James 4 and 6. But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. God resisteth the proud, but he will give grace to the person that is humble. First Peter, the fifth chapter and the fifth verse, he said, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, and all of you be subject one to another. Be clothed with humility. Help us, God. For God resisteth the proud. And look what he does. He giveth grace to the humble. God resisteth the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Sixth verse says, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time. This is the thing that stands in the way of man finding God. Now, go with me to Isaiah, the 62nd chapter, Isaiah 62 and the 10th verse. Here is the prophecy of the Savior that would be born, the Savior that would come to this earth, the old prophet Isaiah foretelling of Jesus Christ. In Isaiah, the 62nd chapter and the 10th verse, he said, Go through, go through the gates, prepare ye the way of the people. Cast up, cast up the highway, gather out the stones, lift up a standard for the people. Behold, the Lord hath proclaimed unto the end of the world. Say ye to the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy salvation cometh. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him and they shall call them what are they going to call them if you got your bible read it with me the holy people the redeemed come on the redeemed of the lord and thou shall be called sought out a city not forsaken hallelujah what is he going to call them he's going to call them a holy people he's going to call them a redeemed of the lord and thou shalt be called, sought out, called and sought out, a city not forsaken. Hallelujah. This was Isaiah prophesying of the church, prophesying of the Savior that would come to this earth. Go to Zechariah, the ninth chapter, and the ninth verse. Zechariah 9 and 9. It's almost to the end of the book of the Old Testament, nine, ninth chapter and the ninth verse. Here is Zechariah giving to us uh, the prophecy once again of how this Savior would come. He said, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. Look what he said about him. He's just, having salvation, lowly, and riding upon an ass, and upon a coat, the foal of an ass. He said, this is the way the king, your king, will come. He will come to Jerusalem, and he will come just, and he will come with salvation, and he will come lowly, and he will come riding upon this 
donkey. He would come to Jerusalem. This was the prophet uh, Zechariah telling us how this Savior would come. Well, when you go to Matthew, the 22nd verse, turn to Matthew 21, you will see how that this scripture was fulfilled. Matthew 21 and the fourth verse. 21 and 4. It's good to hear those pages of the Bible being turned. Amen. Thank God for the Bible. Thank God for the word of the Lord. Amen. I read to you three verses of scripture on how what pride will do to people and how it will destroy them and how it will keep them from finding this Savior. Now I've read to you two scriptures of the prophet Isaiah, one from Isaiah and Zechariah, of how that the Savior would come. Now we're going to look at how it was fulfilled in Matthew 21 and the fourth verse. And this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, the king cometh upon, cometh unto the meek. And what is he doing? He's going to setting upon an ass, and a coat, the foal of an ass. It was prophesied many years before that this is the way the Savior would, and the King would come to this earth. But whenever he came to the earth and came this way, man did not, was not able to discern that it was their King and that it was their Savior. And what a danger today it is uh, that we would fail to be able to see and to have the revelation of the wonderful plan of salvation and the word of God that is given to us. It is, it is so uh, possible today that we could get so wound up in our little Pentecostal uh, religion that we would miss seeing Jesus and understanding who he was. And because he did not come with enough fanfare. Amen. Come to the mighty and the strong and the rich. But he came, the Bible said, to the lowly and to the poor. And here when he entered the city, it was the, the eighth verse said there was a great multitude and they spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the tree and strawed them in the way. And the multitude that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was come unto Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. And Jesus went into the temple of God. And then this was on Sunday. There's actually a, a, a Sunday is when he came into Jerusalem. The next day we're reading now, this is Monday, and this was before the crucifixion that he would uh, have the Passover and then be crucified. He goes into the temple of God, and he cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, what did he say? It is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. But ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And when the chief priest and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased and said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus said unto them, Yea, have ye never read? Out of the mouth of babes and of sucklings, thy has perfected praise. Hallelujah. Whenever it was not those that were in the temple, it was not the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes that recognized who Jesus was and was able to discern, but it was those that were of a broken spirit and a humble heart that were able to see and to reap the rich blessing and the benefit of who Jesus is. 
And I just want to tell you today, and I want to preach to this church by the help of the Holy Ghost and tell you those are the ones that are still recognizing him and those are the ones that are still enjoying the blessing and the benefit of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Everybody clap your hands. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, the reason he was rejected is because he did not come through their channels and he came outside their box and their structure and, and their, their thoughts and their ideas. He did not come with enough fanfare. He did not come as a mighty man and a great uh, to the great and the mighty and the royal people. But the Bible tells us who he came to and it was the humble and the broken and yes, even the poor. Luke, the second chapter and the 24th verse tells us that he came this was eight days old and um, after 40 days uh, they, they came to offer up this sacrifice the 24th verse says and to offer the sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons this tells us what uh, that that Joseph and Mary they were not uh, well off they were poor people because the Bible said those that could not bring a lamb sacrifice, then they could substitute that lamb for a turtle dove or for young pigeons. Uh, they could bring them. And this is what they brought to the sacrifice. He mean, he was not a, they were not doctors and law, lawyers. They were not uh, of the great society, but they were lowly people. Joseph, we know, was a carpenter. Then when you read Luke, the second chapter, and go back to the 11th verse, you see his birth. And unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Amen. This speaks of, of the humble way he entered and came into this earth. Then look at Luke the ninth chapter and the 57th verse. Luke 9 and 57. Here's what Jesus had to say about himself. And it came to pass as they went in the way that a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, The foxes have hoes. And the birds of the air have nest, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Amen. This, is, this, this tells us about, about Jesus upon this earth. Amen. And, and the way that he lived when he was upon this earth. And, and the poor background that he came from. Look at Matthew the 11th chapter. Go to Matthew 11 and 5. And you will see again, this is where John the Baptist has sent from prison out uh, some, some of his disciples and said, go and see. And see if this is really the Savior or not. Go and ask. And Jesus answered the fourth verse and said unto them, go and show John again those things which you, you do hear and see. He said, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. This was the sign of the Savior. He said these things. The blind have their sight. The lame are walking. Uh, the lepers are cleansed. The deaf are hearing. The dead are raised. And then the last thing he said, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Hallelujah. And aren't we glad today that God had mercy upon us. Amen. And sent this wonderful, glorious Bible salvation to us. Hallelujah. And, and it is sad today when people allow it to just pass them by. And pass right over them because they cannot see. I'm going to tell you to see the things of God, it must be a revelation. God must open your eyes that you would be able to see the things of God. Here, 
he enters into the city of Jerusalem and they're throwing down the branches and the palm leaves and they are, are rejoicing. But when he gets to the temple, they don't know who he is. They say, who is this man? And they say, well, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth. But when he enters in, he drives out the playhouse that's in the church. He, he drives all that out. Hey, man, I'm going to tell you. And he says, my house is not called a playhouse. My house is called a house of prayer. A house of getting down to business. Hey, Amen. A house of seeking after me. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, hey, amen, every church and every people have to make that decision. Are you only interested in a, a, a social club uh, just to come together and socialize? Are we interested in being the people of God and finding Jesus Christ and having that anointing of the Holy Ghost upon our life? Amen. When he walked in that temple and he drove out all those that were buying and selling and playing church, then the Bible said that's when the children came in and the lame came in and the sick and the broken came in. And they were healed and they were blessed and they were leaping in the temple and they were praising and glorifying God in the temple and they were lifting up the name of the Lord in the temple. Hallelujah. And it so upset them. It, it upset them so bad that, that this was going on that he, they, they stopped Jesus and said, can you hear, do you hear what they're they're doing and what they're saying and that's when he asked them have you never read they said can you hear he said have you ever read in the bible have you ever read the old testament if you would have read the old testament that i read to you today if you would have read from the book of isaiah and zachariah you would have understood what was happening today but because it was not enough fanfare because it was not uh, did not come from some royal bloodline but he entered lowly into the earth. Amen. He entered in. God chose that vessel. He chose Mary as that vessel. Amen. And they were not of the, of the royal family. But he chose her. She said, yes, be it unto me according to thy word. They were not wealthy. They were not powerful people. They were not into politics. Amen. They were the nobodies. Amen. They were, they were a humble people and a poor people. And when they come to bring their sacrifice, they bring turtle doves to offer up because they could not afford to bring a lamb. Oh, I'm here to tell you today. Amen. Go ahead, world, pass us up. High society, pass us up. Amen. We're not really interested in you no more than you're interested in us. But we're excited about Jesus. We're excited about this Holy Ghost and this hope and this promise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I fear today lest we would, people would become lifted up. And we would lose sight of what God has for us. Oh, don't let the First Pentecostal Church come into a place where it's an entertainment place. And it's no true worship. Hallelujah. Don't let us ever come to the place, well, it's just where my friends. And it's where I can do business with other people and make good connections. No, that's not a reason to come to the house of God. I tell you the reason to come to the house of God is to get your life changed. Is to get your heart changed. Is to get delivered from the old life to the new life. And find the new life in Jesus Christ. And get the Holy Ghost. Everybody clap your hands to the Lord. Oh, thank you for it, God. Thank you for the liberty that the Holy Ghost gives. Bless your wonderful name. Bless your wonderful name. And that's the reason. What did Jesus say when he drove them out? He said, my house shall be called what? Amen. Are y'all going to help me turn to the First Pentecostal Church? I believe he was talking about that physical building. Amen. My temple, my church, my place is going to be a house of prayer. A house of prayer. Well, how can it be a house of prayer if nobody don't pray in his house? Woo! Here we come, devil. You're a liar and the truth is not in you. Here we come. 2003. 
We're making a fresh push. We're making a fresh effort. We're making a fresh determination that we're going to have a house of prayer. Hey, let me tell you, when you get praying in the house, the sick get healed. When you get prayer going in the house, the bound get delivered and set free by the power of the Holy Ghost. It does me good just to, hey man, I, I, I tell you what, see it's all about last Wednesday night when I preached to you, it's the man in whom the king delighteth to honor. It's the man in whom the king delighteth to honor. And if you want God's blessings and help upon your life, just do what God loves. And we have discovered that God loves this prayer. Hallelujah. And that's what makes us want to pray. God loves where they're really having church. God loves where they've not come to show off new clothes and cars and and all this kind of stuff. Uh, But God loves a house where they're truly in love with him and they're wanting to reach a city and they're wanting to reach the world and they're wanting to reach the lost and they're wanting to see other people. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Find God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel so good preaching to you people today. If you want to know where, they, they said, where did he come from? That's what people are asking in this city. Where did these people come from anywhere? Hallelujah. Amen. They don't know who we are. Well, I want to tell you we come from, we come from the backside of the tracks. But the God, Brother McGee, that brought us from the backside of the tracks is still our God today. And change? No, we're not going to change. Turn around? No, we're not going to turn around. Stop? No, we're not going to stop. No, we're not going to quit. Oh, we're still going to shout on Sunday morning. We're still going to praise his name on Sunday night. We're still going to shout on Wednesday night and give him praise for his goodness. We're still going to keep preaching against the world and sin. That's the reason I wanted these televisions to stay up here on this platform. I want you to look at them and say, hey, we're still against the world. We're still against sin. We're still against this world. Hallelujah. We want the anointing and the power and the glory of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, it's really pretty simple. You can be seated. It's really pretty simple having a church. Hallelujah. All you've got to do, all you've got to do is get people to be committed to say we're going to take the church and we're going to turn the church into a house of prayer. Just because we can drive, hey man, a nice automobile and and the, have some of the natural things of life. Oh, the deceitfulness, amen, of the natural things and the deceitfulness of money. I'm going to tell you what, all this is going to pass away. And then we see in the newspaper and the trouble, that world that we're in. Hallelujah. But we've got a hold of the best. We've got a hold of something we can hold on to. The stock market may go up and down and sideways in every direction. But Brother Keithley, this Holy Ghost will stick with you, friend. It'll go through you through the dark hours, through the troubled times, through the problems of your life. Amen. Somebody said, what does he want? Where can I find Jesus? I want to find Jesus. Well, I can tell you where he's at. He's in the house of prayer. He's in the house of prayer. He's in the house of prayer. He's at the place where people are praying. Now, I'm telling you, people won't like that. Religion won't like that. 
Amen. Because whenever people get to praying and, and the church gets broke loose, amen, and people start coming in, it's not of their it's not of their ideas and it's not of their social standards and st- standings and all these things. And oh, he made that whip and he drove out those that were playing church. And when he drove them out, then come in the real people that he could touch and that he could truly change their life. Amen. And he got them in the house and they started getting healed and they started getting filled and they started getting delivered and they started shouting and praising and they were getting loud. They were getting loud. They were getting loud. seated and then the, here comes the deacon board up to the pastor and they said they said uh, Jesus can you not hear can you not hear what they're saying can you not hear I mean my goodness we do have ears you don't have to turn it up <laughs> amen can you not hear can you not hear is what they said to Jesus can you imagine a bunch of smart alecks Asking Jesus, can you not hear? Well, he, he shaped all these creases in your ear. Amen. He made the eardrum. He shaped. He called Moshiach. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He made the curves and the crooks in it, friend. Amen. He made it stand, made them stand out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And here these people are saying, can you hear what they're doing? Well, sure you could hear. And you know what he asked them? He said, can you read? If you'd just been reading your Bible, if you'd just been reading your Bible, you would have known who was riding on that donkey. You would have known who was passing through if you'd just been reading your Bible. Hey, don't give me religion. Give me Bible salvation. Give me this that'll change my life and make me a new creature and turn my life around. Can I tell you something? Religion had never made anybody want to quit smoking and quit drinking and quit carousing. But if you get this Holy Ghost, friend, you'll get delivered. You'll get set free. You'll get made anew. The world they're groping today. You can be seated. They're trying to find him and they're searching for him. In a few days, they'll be searching for help 
Amen. And trying to find him at the Super Bowl. And they're trying to find him at the concert. Oh, no. Now they're not looking for Jesus. Yes, but way down inside, that's what they're looking for. Because they're empty. Sister Trice, that's the reason they go to the concerts. That's the reason they shoot up the drugs. That's the reason they drink the alcohol. That's the reason Brother Clifton was talking about it. He brought me out. And he set me free. What was he looking for? Down at the night clubs uh, at the night low lit places uh, I'll tell you what you was looking for you was looking for Jesus uh, you were trying to find help uh, you were trying to find fun and relief uh, you were trying to find satisfaction uh, and you're not going to find it there uh, amen it's this lowly Pentecostal church uh, it's this lowly place I love him, I love him, I love him, I love him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I checked the books. We were up here kind of late last night praying. Hallelujah, Mother and I. Hallelujah. And, and it looked like there was close to 200 people that had come in here yesterday and signed their name on the prayer book. I've come to the house of prayer. <laughs> Everybody clap your hands. I feel the power, I feel the power, I feel the glory, I feel the anointing. Well, I'm going to tell you this power. Woo! You get, you get forgiveness and sin out of your life and you'll just go to talking in tongues as the power of the Holy Ghost gives the utterance. On those pews while I'm preaching today, all you've got to do is start breathing a prayer and, amen, and repenting and crying out to God. Well, the book of Acts still says while they spake the word, while they were preaching the word, that the Holy Ghost fell on them. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I want to give to you today perhaps the saddest story in the Bible and the life of Jesus when he was upon this earth. I want to show you how how religion will just, it'll just choke the life out of the good blessings of God. And it's found in John, the ninth chapter, and the sixth verse. The Bible said, and when he had spoken, he spit on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And then he tells him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. And the Bible said that when he went, he came seeing. Now there are four main parts and characters to this story here today. The first one was the neighbors. The Bible said the neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him that he was blind, said, is not this he that sat and begged? And some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him. But he said, I am he. Hallelujah. The neighbors, they said, this, was this that blind beggar? And others said, no, this is not him. Somebody said he's like him. But he said, wait just a minute, I want to tell you, I am he. Now, I'm going to tell you, when you get your life so changed that your neighbors are saying, whew, what happened to them? Now, that would appear to me, amen, that you, hallelujah, that you kicked some things out and you bring some things in. And the neighbors, Brother Rick, hallelujah, the neighbors would start saying, is that that man? No, that's not that man. That's somebody like that man. Thank God, Brother David. That's somebody like, that can't be that man. That can't be old John. Yeah, that's old John. No, it can't be John. It's somebody like John. And John stands up and says, no, I'm John.
real Holy Ghost, it'll change John. This real Holy Ghost will change you. Neighbor said it can't be. He said, yeah, <laughs> it's me. You can believe. Hallelujah. Therefore, said they unto him, how were thine eyes open? And he answered and said, a man that is called Jesus made clay, anointed mine eyes, and said unto me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and received sight. Then said they unto him, where is he? He said, I know not. So they get him now. This is the next party. And the Bible said they, they, they're going to take him to the Pharisees. This is that religious group. The Pharisees. They bring him to, to Jesus, um, to bring him to the Pharisees. And it was the seventh day when Jesus had made the clay and opened his eyes. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto them, he put clay upon mine eyes, and I washed and do see. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, this man is not of God. This man can't be of God. He's, he's making clay. He's making bricks. He can't be of God. He's working. This man is not of God because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, how can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was division among them. They said unto the blind man again, Who sayest thou of him? What sayest thou of him that he openeth thine eyes? Uh-oh, here comes this blind man just to receive his sight. What do you say about him? He said, He is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents, that's the third party. They called his parents now of him that had received his sight. And they said, asked them, saying, Is this your son? Who say, who ye say was born blind? How then doth he now see? And his parents answered them and said, We know don't try to confuse us. We know this was our Johnny. We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. We do know that. But now, by what means he now seeth, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age, ask him. He shall speak for himself. And these words spake his parents. Listen to this. This is the saddest story, I think, in all the Bible other than the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Or he shall, he's going to be... He's going to be voted out of the church. If anybody says that this man, Jesus, is the Christ and that he has healed this man, then we're going to put him out of the church. Hallelujah. Therefore, said his parents, he is of age, ask him. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I'm going to tell you what. I've, I've had the shock of my life and pastoring him. And seeing people come to God, Brother Herring, I've watched people come. Their parents wrung their hands over them for years and cried and prayed over them and, 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 and walked the floor. They didn't know about this glorious truth and worried and got them out of jail and helped them every way in the world and just hoping anything could happen, help them. And I've watched them come to God and God fill them with the Holy Ghost and, and change their life. And you would have thought those parents would have been, I, I think, man, you know, they're going to come without any problem, Brother Haney. It will, it will not be any, I mean, that will be nothing to win them. I mean, we're over the big hurdle. We got their honorary, contrary, rebellious, uh, drug-ridden, alcohol-bound, 
nicotine-bound son set free. Amen. And then, and then to watch them, they, they, just, they just started backing up from it. They didn't want to come to church with him. They didn't want to have anything to do with it. It's just, uh, you know, uh, you, you just you can't imagine how these things. Amen. One of them was uh, Brother, Brother Dale Davis. Man, I'm going to tell you, the guy broke in, I don't know how many drug stores and how many times in prison and jail and, and every way in the world. And Sister Connie offered and some of these sisters, like the brothers are doing now, they were going to the jail service and they were singing over there. Amen. And with a young man with no hope in his life, he heard the song of them singing gospel songs and talking about the Lord. And he said, you know what? It sounded different than what he had heard other people sing. And he came around and God got a hold of his heart and filled him with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And the jailer, Captain Allen over there, he, he would let him out of jail. He, he was supposed to be there for five years, but he'd let him out on church services and and they'd somebody go pick him up and bring him over here. Brother, I'm going to tell you, he wanted us to have church every, every night. <laughs> Man, anything in the world, get out of that jail. And then they'd carry him back to jail, and, and they'd search him down and, and put him back in the, in the cell. Amen. Uh, and, but then, you know, I, I just thought, my goodness, all of his family would get the Holy Ghost. It was a sad story. So sad. Amen. But this is what religion will do to you. This is how you can be bound and trapped by the devil. Amen. Here, you would have thought these parents could have been just shouting, jumping up and down. My goodness, my son was blind. Now he can see. Well, who did it? Well, I'm glad to tell you who did it. Jesus done it. Well, we're going to put you out of the church. Well, honey, just put me out of the church. Because I found a new church. And I found a new life. It's unbelievable. It's unthinkable that false religion could go that deep into a heart. That temple had never saved him. That temple had never set him free. That temple had never delivered him. Them Pharisees hadn't done him any good. But Jesus healed him. Brother Burr, I'm going to be loyal to God. Amen. God's been good to me. And if you think I'm going to hold my head down and be ashamed of what God has done. Amen. And ashamed of holiness and ashamed of Pentecost and ashamed of the truth. Devil, you just got another thought coming. Excommunicate me. Pitch me out of the church. Do whatever you want to do with me. I'm sold on Jesus. I want Jesus. Yes, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And then here they call him back again. Then again they called the man that was blind and said unto him, Now what you need to do, you need to give glory and praise to God. We know this man, he is a sinner. And he answered and said, whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Hey, that church is just filled up with a bunch of hypocrites. It may have a bunch of hypocrites, but I know one thing. I got there one day and God set me free. You can always find something wrong with the church. You can always find something to criticize about the church. But you know what you need to focus on? Oh, I feel like preaching today. You know what you need to focus on? You need to focus on, hey, when I went in there, I was in trouble. But when I left, I left with a victory. Now you can talk about my church. You can run down the preacher. You can run down the pastor. You can run down the keyboard player. You can run down the singers. But there's one thing I know. I was blind. But now I see. I see, Brother Mark. 
Brother Holmes, I'm afraid my friends won't accept me. I'm afraid they'll cast me out of my circle that I have comfortably lived in. I'm afraid they'll all my friends will turn against me. If they thought I was one of those holy rollers, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. Hey, quit being afraid. Just step right up. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. And say, I know he's done it for others, and if he done it for others, he can do it for me. Let me get on through here. Hallelujah. It really, it gets, it gets better as it goes. Then said they to him again, here's the Pharisees, what did he to thee? How opened he thine eyes? He answered them, I've told you already, and ye did not hear. Who's got the hearing problem now? I've already told you one time, and here I'm going to tell you again, what's wrong that you cannot hear? Wherefore, you know what, I, I love people that just come out of the wor world, and they just come out, hallelujah, and they're not worried about nothing, hallelujah, they just come out of this old world, amen, just as crude and plain, what you see is what you get. That was what was happening that day. Hey, man, this man, he wasn't worried about being cast out of that synagogue. He was glad he could see. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> cast me out, Sister Stalter. Cast me out of my little circle of friends if you want to. Turn up your nose when I come and go the other way and said, you know what happened? You know what happened to them? You know what they done? <laughs> you know where they've been going to. You know they've been going down to that holy roller church. <laughs> you know what they've been doing. <laughs> you just don't understand the peace that God's put in my heart. You don't understand the love I feel in my heart. You don't understand the hope that I got in my heart that I'm going to go to heaven one day. And that means more than all of my friends on this earth. Sister Peggy Richards was a woman preacher, and it's been a number of years ago. Had powerful revivals, and uh, she was quite of an evangelist. And she said, she said, I'm going to tell you, you get this Holy Ghost, and your friends, they turn against you. Amen. But ask them, when you're dead and gone, hallelujah, they'll find somebody else to go to the hellhole with them. They'll find somebody else to drink with them. And the party will go right on. Hallelujah. And when you're down and out and your life is in trouble, let me tell you, they'll go right on to the parties and they'll pass you by. They'll pass you by. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But thank God for a bus that's going down the street and picking some people up. Thank God for some cars and vans that's going down the street and find, trying to find somebody that's in trouble. You ought to try to find somebody who's in trouble and help them and encourage them. Amen. And talk to them about this good God. Hallelujah. He said, I've already told you one time. Now I'm going to have to tell you again. And he answered them, I've told you already. You didn't hear me then. Wherefore, would you hear it again? Will you also be his disciples? Woo. Ooh, will you also, you want to hear it again where you can be his disciples too? You know what that tells me? He joined up. He said, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. He said, do you want to hear my testimony how I got out of sin where you can join up too, where you can become one of his disciples too. Is that the reason you want to hear me tell about it again? Can I tell the first Pentecostal church something? We ought to go everywhere telling our story. 
Somebody said, I don't know much about the Bible. You don't need to know a whole lot about the Bible. I'll tell you what they can't argue with. It's when you say, hey, I was blind, but now I see. They may, they may take Acts 2.38 and they may take some Greek twist to it and try to twist it right out of that Bible. Amen. But let me tell you something they can't twist out. They can't twist out what God has put in your heart and the life that God has changed. You can't twist that out, son, hon. You can't take that out. I may can't find it in the Bible. But I can tell you one thing. It's in my soul. I got it in my feet. I've got it in my hands. I've got it in my heart. I've got it in my mind. Amen. I'm sold out to it. Then the Bible said they reviled him. They rebuked him. They jumped on him. They give him a good tongue lashing. Art thou his disciple? He said, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spake unto Moses. As for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. Yeah, he just rode in your city. He was riding on a donkey. The Old Testament prophets knew who he was. Isaiah said he'd come. Amen. Zechariah said he would come. Why couldn't you see him? Because religion has blinded your eyes that you can't see what you need to see. Your stinking pride has gotten your way that you can't humble yourself and take some branches and go out there and throw them down in the path of the donkey when he's coming into town. And it's the children doing it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The man answered, this is the blind man now, and said unto them, Why herein is this marvelous thing that ye know not from whence he is? I mean, you people profess you already know. And you, this marvelous thing, you don't even have understanding. And yet, he hath opened mine eyes. You can't deny that. You may not like it, but he's... You may not like the way he did it, that it did not come through your little channel. But you can't argue the fact that he opened my eyes. And now we know that God heareth not sinners. But if a man be a worshiper of God... Now this is the blind man talking to him. And doeth his will... Him he heareth. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. They answered, here's the Pharisees now, and said unto him, Thy was altogether born in sin, and doest thou teach us? You're just a sinner. We got our collars turned around backwards. We got degrees in theology. And you was born in sin. The truth of the matter, he wasn't even allowed in the temple. Because they would not allow someone with that handicap to come in the temple that was blind. You, you never even got to go to church. And you're going to try to teach us? Uh, and the next thing the Bible says, and they cast him out. Everybody stand together. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Take this whole world, 
But give me Jesus, I won't turn back. I am starting to follow Jesus. I have started to follow Jesus. I have started to follow Jesus. I won't turn back. Who else feels it? Oh, yes. Take this whole world. But give me Jesus. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. I decide to follow Jesus. Have you decided? I have decided. I have decided. To follow Jesus. I got my mind made up. I have decided. To follow Jesus. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. Everybody sing it. The world behind me. The world behind me. The cross before me. The cross before me. The world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, I won't turn back. Oh no! I won't turn back. Oh, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Just take this whole world, just give me Jesus. Take this whole world. Have you decided? Oh, yes, I have decided. Follow Jesus. Everybody sing on Just Behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the world behind us, the cross before me, the world behind me, and the cross before me. I won't turn back, no, no, I won't turn back. Let's sing it again. Just take this whole world, this whole world. Reach over and join up with somebody. Reach over and put your hand on somebody. Oh, worship together. Oh, yes, Lord. Why don't you find another prayer partner? Take a few steps. Turn around. Find somebody else way in the back, up in the balcony. 
Find somebody else to join up with. Come on, find somebody to join up with. Yes! Come on, that's the way to pray, church. just figured out who you was. Amen. Praise God. Good to have you and your wife here today. Praise God. Tell somebody, I'm fixing to come back to the house of prayer tonight. Come on. Come on, find a bunch around you to tell them. Come on, find a bunch around you. I'm going to be here at the house of prayer. I'm going to be here at the house of prayer, Brother Ray. Amen. Hallelujah. The house of prayer. I'll be back. Amen. Tell somebody. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, six o'clock. 